according to his desire for where we are right now. First Corinthians chapter number 12. First Corinthians chapter number 12. Your page is turning, so I'll give you that moment. Starting with verse number 1, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul is writing to the church. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, notice verse 4. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God, which worketh all in all. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. And it doesn't say it, but it's implied at this point by the same Spirit. To another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, but all these, everybody say all these. All these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. That doesn't mean as the man will, it's as he the spirit wills. Verse number 12, for as the body is one, anytime you see those words for as, it's saying this is why it's done this way, right? For as the body is one and hath many members and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Amen. Now skip down with me for sake of time. Or no, yeah, verse 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. Not them, him. Skip down to verse number 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Verse 29, Paul asked these rhetorical questions. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healings, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts. I want you to see that verse. But covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. 
Amen? We don't spend a lot of time necessarily, well, I guess we probably do actually, but here and there, talking about spiritual gifts. We read them here in 1 Corinthians 12. We read of them, and a very clear distinctions are made. We're going to look back at these verses. This is critical for where we are and the way God's intending to work and to use us. There are, we recognize, and as the Scripture clearly says, there are diversities of gifts, differences of gifts. These are given by God. Brother Lewis alluded to it this morning. James, every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above, from the Father of light, in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. This is, we know, these gifts come from God. It is that one and self-same spirit, the very spirit of God, whereby spiritual gifts are given. These gifts are given with divine purpose. Purpose. How many of you would like to walk in the Spirit? Amen? We're meant to. We're meant to walk in the Spirit. We're meant to be led by the Spirit. According to the Word of God, Romans chapter 8, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Not as many as are filled with the Spirit, as many as are led by the Spirit. It's not enough to be filled with the Spirit. i got to be led by the Spirit as well. Right? I feel like I need to pause there for just a second. This is the thought that came to me. I have three children. They are my children. It's not enough for them just to be my children. I want them to be obedient children. That make sense? I want them to be obedient children. That brings blessing on their life. Amen? As many as are led by the Spirit, that's being obedient to the Spirit. They are the sons of God. That's quite the qualifier. In this case, obedience makes me a child of obedience to the Spirit that dwells in me makes me a child of God. It could imply that the lack of obedience. Yeah. I want to be led by the Spirit. Now, how many of you would like to operate in the gifts of the Spirit? I believe God intends for us to. Matter of fact, I know God intends for us to. And so there's some things we need to understand and recognize. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, I do not have all understanding. Sometimes the, the problem with teaching or preaching and speaking about things in the Word of God is people look at you as though, oh, you must have it all figured out. Hey, we're on this journey together. We're walking this road together. And so we have to open the Word of God and look at these things. So we understand there are diversities of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. I believe this is why the Scripture says, try the spirits whether they be of God. Because there can be things that operate that look like spiritual gifts, act like spiritual gifts, seem to appear like spiritual gifts, but they're not of God. How can you tell they're not of God? Because if you know the Spirit of God, you can discern the difference. 
And so this is one more reason we need to be filled with the Spirit of God, right? Give you an example. Acts chapter 16, I believe. The Apostle Paul and Silas, they're in, uh, they went to Macedonia. And so here they are in Philippi in that region. And they're walking around. They've been praying with people. The Lord's been using them. But there happens to be this group of men and this lady that are following them around through the city along the journey. And this lady is declaring again and again, these men be the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. These men be the servants of the Most High God. Which show... And the Scripture says there in Acts 16 that after this had happened for many days, it's like they tolerated it for a while. But after this... Now, now... Paul and Silas, those things were true. These men be the servants of the Most High God that show unto us the way. Yeah, that's true. But Paul, he'd heard that for several days, and after many days, apparently, whatever was going on, this was great grating on Paul's spirit. The words were right, but something wasn't right with the spirit. How did he know? Because he was filled with the Spirit of God and he could discern the difference. And the adversary always tries to imitate. You understand, the adversary is not original. He has no originality at all. And so he seeks to imitate what God does because he's always wanted to be like God. But he never will. He never will. Sorry, that song. <laughs> He wants to be like God, but he won't. He can't. And when you and I, by the way, just by the way, read Ezekiel sometime. When we look on the adversary one day, we're going to say, this is the one? I'm going to see him for how small and powerless he really is relative to the power of God that dwells in us when we yield to the Spirit of the Lord operating through us. And so he always seeks to imitate. So that's what happened. Paul recognized the spirit that's speaking out from this woman. The words may be true, but the spirit is not right. And so he recognized that and he discerned the difference. How did he know? Because gifts of the spirit, there's one and self-same spirit through which they come and operate. It's the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost. That's why you need to be filled with the spirit. Okay? And so this woman is following. He finally turns around and he says, come out. And it does. And the men are upset because she's delivered from this unclean spirit, this spirit of divination that Paul recognized was operating in her life. And he spoke to it. And it happened. The Lord intends for us to operate in gifts of the spirit. But hear me clearly this morning. Our focus is never the gift. Ever. Our focus is the Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ from whom the gift comes. He is our focus. We covet earnestly the best gifts. I heard Brother Joe Ellis one time. He said, do you know what the best gift is? I said, I don't. What's the best gift? <laughs> he said, the best gift is the one that's needful and necessary at the moment. I thought, that's good. I need to remember that. Right? What good is a gift of healing if somebody needs a word of wisdom? Right? The best gift's the one that's needful at the moment. And who knows better what's needed than the very spirit that gives the gifts. All right? And so there are diversities of gifts. There are differences of gifts. But notice, then he says, there are differences of administrations. What does that mean? That means how a gift is operated will be different from a member to another member in the body, how the Lord uses them. Question, did the Lord Jesus ever heal blind eyes? Raise your hand if you believe he did. Right? Sure he did. 
right? You ever heard of blind Bartimaeus? Yeah, we don't know what his name was. We just know he, you guys like, I thought you just said his name was Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus. We don't really know what his name was. He was just referred to as the son of Timaeus. Maybe they called him Bartimaeus. But blind Bartimaeus is sitting by the roadside, Jesus passing by on the way into Jericho. And Jesus, and he says, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me, right? His friends say stop, and he cries out the louder, and Jesus stops and turns. He says, what would you do, me to do for you? He said that my eyes would be open that I would see, and Jesus said, according to your face, so be it unto you. Something like that, right? I mean, go read it. It's in Luke. He, he did that, right? He spoke the word, and his eyes were open. Another man came to Jesus that had blind eyes, and Jesus, the audacity, Jesus spit at the ground, made little mud cakes of clay, put them on the guy's eyes, and told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Yeah? Was Bartimaeus healed? Did he receive sight? Did the man that went and washed in the pool of Siloam receive sight? Yes. Same gift, differences of administration. Does that make sense? This is what the Apostle Paul is talking about. Okay? Why is this so important? Why would the Apostle Paul feel it so critical to tell the church this? Here's why. Because if I'm seeking the gift instead of the giver, I'm like, whoa, you know, I saw that this is when Sister Vanessa prayed for this lady. I saw how she did this, and she said it this way, and then she did this. Okay, so I'm going to try to do that. That's imitation. Hear me. Hear me. This is why it's so important. We seek the giver, not the gift. And if you and I want to be operative in the gifts of the Spirit, and we should desire that. It's the desire of God to flow through us in the gifts of the Spirit. But if it ever becomes about me or it ever becomes about you, I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost and by the Word of God, you are setting yourself up for the adversary to harm you. The operation of the gifts of the Spirit are never about me, ever. And the moment I'm wanting to do it to get glory, to get attention, to say I have this power, to, I'm telling you, where if that happens, I or you are entertaining a spirit that does not come from God. And the adversary will look for a way to deceive you. You want examples? See, aren't you thankful for the Word of God? It gives us, this is important. I know we're just sort of talking today, but this is important because of where we are and how God is and going to use us. So I'm praying you're laying hold on this this morning. Watch. We find in Scripture, in the book of Acts, uh, I believe Acts chapter 8, where we find Simon the sorcerer. And Peter and John came to Samaria where Philip had been baptizing and miracles had been done. But no one had received the gift of the Holy Ghost yet. And Peter and John, that's what Acts 8, read it. Peter and John show up and they begin to lay hands on people and they begin to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And Simon the sorcerer sees this happening and he says, give me this gift. I'll give you money and you give me this gift that whoever I lay my hands on, they'll receive the Holy Ghost. He didn't know what spirit he was of. Right? Maybe I'll just flip over there to Acts chapter 8 real quick. I'm trying to hurry. Well, kind of. Acts chapter number 8. Yeah, verse 18. 
When Simon saw that through laying on the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Verse 19 saying, give me also this power. Ah, see, if you're wanting power, be careful. Give me also this power that whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Now watch, watch Peter's response. How did Peter know this? Because Peter was operating in the one and self-same spirit of God. And he discerned the spirit that Simon was of when he asked this. Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought the gift of God may be purchased with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter for your heart. Watch. Your heart is not right in the sight of God. Well, but I want people to receive the Holy Ghost. No, no, no. Your motive was about you being used and you having this power. Your motive was wrong, which tells me, Peter's declaring under the authority of the Lord, your heart is not right in the sight of God. Talking about gifts. Now watch the next verse, verse 22. You have, or yeah, verse 22. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness. What's the wickedness? The wickedness is the heart's desire for something to be done through him whereby people would look to him. Because remember, Simon had been the sorcerer and he had bewitched the city for a while. And they thought that he was some great power, the Bible says. Or some great one in verse 9 of chapter 8. The Bible says they all looked on him as though he was some great one. Well, he liked the idea that people thought he was some great one. And when Philip showed up and began to operate in the gifts of the Spirit and began to be used of God, declaring the power of God and miracles were done, he thought, hold on a minute, the attention's turning off of me. Well, the difference was Philip didn't turn the attention to himself. Philip turned the attention to Jesus Christ. But we see the revealed heart of Simon. He wanted the attention back on him. If you and I desire spiritual gifts, so attention's on us. We are running in the same pattern that we see Simon the sorcerer. We need to repent of that wickedness. It's wickedness to desire to use the Spirit of God to operate through our lives to draw attention to ourselves. That's how Peter described it. But I want to be used in the spiritual gifts according to the Word of God. You want another example? This is why it's so important that our motive be right. Our motive. Spiritual gifts. Okay? We find... In one place here in the book of Acts, I can't remember the chapter right now. I'm thinking 12, but I can't remember off the top of my head, so forgive me. It's not 12. Anyway, we, sign, we find the seven sons of Sceva. And there's a man possessed with unclean spirits. And they're thinking, hey, I watch. Remember what I was talking about? Sister Vanessa doing something one way and then us imitating, going, hey, it worked for her. I'm going to do this. That's exactly what the seven sons of Sceva did. They prayed for this man with unclean spirits. If somebody finds it there, just yell at me. They prayed for these, this man with unclean spirits, and they said, in the name of Jesus Christ that Paul preaches, we adjure thee by the name of Jesus Christ that Paul preaches or that Peter preaches. Come out of him. And you know what? The, the spirits in the man decided, we're going to talk with you. It's true. And the Spirit spoke. There we go. Thank you. Verse 15. The evil spirit answered, and listen what the evil spirit said. Jesus I know, and Paul I know. But who are 
you. Now, I want you to notice something in that expression of the adversary right there to the men trying to operate in gifts of the Spirit through which they did not have authority. Why did they not have authority? I'll tell you why. They did not have relationship. I don't know you. You don't even have enough relationship with God for me to know you. That's what the evil spirit just said. I mean, look, Jesus, I know. They knew Jesus. Paul, I know. You know what that, man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You know what that tells me? When you and I are filled with the Spirit of God, and we have a life of prayer, and we have an abiding relationship with God, the adversary knows. He knows who you are. That's why he would like to destroy you, but he can't. He can't. Some of you don't believe that. You know why he can't? Because if he could, he would have already. Why would he allow you to live if he could destroy you? He would have done it already, but he can't. But when you have a relationship with God, the adversary takes notice. And so these spirits, this evil spirit said, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but I don't know you. They didn't even have enough relationship with God to be known by the spirit world. But they wanted to operate in the gifts of the spirit. And so they tried to imitate what Paul had done. Now watch verse 16. This is the result. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. So you want to operate in the gifts of the spirit? Yes, you do. Yes, I do. God wants us to. But this is why our motive must be pure. Our alignment with Him must be right. It must be about Him and never about me. And it must be for His purpose, never for my own. Not even for what I think would be good. It, I need to know His purpose. Dif diversities of gifts, differences of administration. But he has to be the source, and our motive has to be pure. It must be for his glory. And as we read in 1 Corinthians 12, it is to profit with all. It's not for personal profit. It's for the profit of the body. And I don't operate for my benefit in the gifts of the Spirit. The Lord doesn't have me operate in the gifts of the Spirit, or you operate in the gifts of the Spirit for mine or your benefit. He has us do so for the benefit of the body. And for the benefit of those, he will add to the body. Dare I say it? This is why we must seek spiritual gifts through the giver. Amen. So there are these differences and diversities, but we need pure motive. We need humility of spirit. If you and I want to operate in spiritual giftings, we have to have humility of spirit. That has to come from him. We can't just create that in our own doing. Well, I'll be humble. We humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We got to have humility. 
So I pray for humility. Not man's humility, the humility that comes from God. Humility doesn't mean I'm walking around like this. I'm just nobody. It's all God. It's all to the glory. I'm just nobody. It's just all to the glory of God. Right? Sometimes we sort of blend the two. Right? Oh, no, 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 no. To the glory of God. No, humility is not thinking any less of yourself. Humility is just not thinking of yourself at all. It's thinking of him and his purpose. I've seen people who may in appearance and act in words seem humble. And the way they carry themselves, you might look and say, oh, they're such an humble person. When they're not really, they're full of pride. They're proud of how humble they appear. And I've seen men and women of God walk in boldness and authority and confidence and surety. And you think, whew. But they're the most humble people, person you know. They never promote themselves. They're never seeking their agenda. They're always what, right? Humility is not just about, oh, woe is me, little old me. No, it's the focus on, if you keep your focus on him and his kingdom and his purpose, and he begins to manifest himself, all right? So humility is a critical factor for the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation. It's so critical because if it's ever about me in any way, shape, or form, It becomes very challenging for God to operate through you or I. Because he's not going to share his glory with another. All right? Hope this is all right today. But we need to operate in these things. Now, back to 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 7. I want us to see verse 7. The manifestation of the Spirit. It's not enough to be filled with the Spirit. We must also be led by the Spirit, as we've already said. But we also need the Spirit of God that dwells in us to be manifested. Amen? We need a manifestation of His Spirit. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man for this purpose, to profit with all. Never to profit the man, but to profit with all. Who's the with all? The with all is the body of Christ. How would it profit the body of Christ? It may be a manifestation of the gift of the Spirit, brother to brother, brother to sister, sister to brother, where appropriate, right? It could be a manifestation of the Spirit that way. It could be the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit in operation to a lost soul that the Lord knows He wants to bring and add to the body so it becomes a profit to the body. Perfect example in the book of Acts again. Isn't it wonderful that we have the book of Acts so we have all these examples? That's why the book of Acts is there, you know. So we have historical examples and proof. In the book of Acts, we have the apostle Paul. He thought he was saved, but he wasn't. He was, he was persecuting the church. He was opposing the very one who was trying to save him. But God had plans for him. He was a chosen vessel unto the Lord. He just didn't know it yet. Well, he just didn't know the Lord yet. And so the Lord struck him down on the road to Damascus. You know the story. And then he walks into Damascus. He's in a way called straight there. He's in this house. He's fasting, praying, waiting on the Lord for three days right after this vision or after this light and this word from God. And he's waiting there. And the Lord spoke to Paul and said, Paul, I've told one Ananias he's going to come. He's going to lay hands on you. He's going to pray for you. And he's, you're going to be filled with the spirit. And so and then the Lord spoke to Ananias. Right? You know this story in the book of Acts. Came to Ananias and said, Ananias. Now, 
this is pretty cool to me. The Word of God is, like, really cool. Read the story. God talked to the sinner before he talked to the saint. Paul, what? read it. He told Ananias, Ananias, I have told Paul that you're going to come and pray for him. I have a question. Could you and I be so led by the Spirit and so operate in the gifts of the Spirit that God could speak to a sinner about us before he came and asked us to do something because God had so much confidence we would obey. You, you, you remember what Ananias said, right? Uh, Lord, I've heard about this dude. I have heard that he's been persecuting people like me. And I've heard that he has letters to put people in prison like me. Look, we act like these guys weren't human. Ananias had to wrestle with this. What do you, you, you want me to go talk to? I mean, Paul wasn't just like somebody over in the corner. He had word had spread along the church. Watch out if Paul comes into town. And then they heard he was coming. But God spoke to Paul before he spoke to his chosen vessel to go pray for Paul. What was the manifestation? And Paul was blinded. Ananias went in. He obeyed the Lord. He went and prayed for him. And when he went and prayed, Paul, he said, receive your sight. Read it. Did he receive his sight? Yes, he did. That sounded like a gift of the Spirit that just operated through Ananias' life. Why? To profit with all. Was Saul profitable to the body of Christ? Absolutely. We're reading his letter right here today. Do you think Paul knew that 2,000 years later almost we'd be reading his letters? He was just writing what God gave him to write for the purpose of the kingdom of God. The church at Corinth needs to hear these things. i got to write these things. You understand, the majority of what Paul wrote, he wrote from a prison cell. We're like, oh, I'd love to be like the apostle Paul. No, you wouldn't. But Ananias operated in the gift of the Spirit, but it wasn't a prophet Ananias. It was to profit the body of Christ. And you and I, even today, this is how eternal these gifts of the Spirit are and how they're meant to work. When you and I operate in the gifts of the Spirit by God's design, it will profit the body long after we're gone. Ananias operating in the gift of the Spirit, and you and I are profiting as a result of his obedience to the Spirit of God today. Don't underestimate what happens when you yield to the Spirit and operate by His leading for His purpose. Things of the Spirit are eternal, and should the Lord tarry, the work of the Spirit through our life will outlive us on this earth. And so, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to profit with all, the body. That's a measure. When you think, okay, I wanna, I'm going to operate here in the gifts of the Spirit. I want to... Pray a word of faith. I want to pray a gift of healing. I feel like I had a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. A good measure is, did that profit with all? And I promise you, when the Lord uses you in gifts of the Spirit, you will have to deal with pride trying to rise up. Because it feels good for God to use you, doesn't it? Is that too honest? Absolutely it feels good. I want Him to do it all the time. 
It feels wonderful to be used by God. It's a privilege to be used. That's why we desire Him to do so. We just have to constantly check our motive and check our spirit with Him. So when the Lord uses you in things of the Spirit and gifts of the Spirit, I think it's very wise as soon as you have opportunity afterwards to find a place of prayer and offer thanksgiving and return to Him for that which He's given to you to recognize it was Him that did the work. Now, don't stumble and bumble all over yourself. Like, if the Lord uses you, let's say the Lord uses me praying for Brother Israel and he's sick and God heals him. Don't stumble and bumble all over yourself. Oh, man, it was God. It wasn't me. God did. Oh, to God be all the glory. God is so good. It's really God. I didn't. He just. You, stop it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can sort of go over. You don't have to prove anything. To God be the glory. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. The issue isn't. I almost get a little concerned when people overkill like that. It's almost like they're trying to convince me of something they're not convinced of. Just be convinced in your heart and in your motive. You have that right with God. It doesn't take a ton in explaining and trying to convince somebody else. All right? This is why I've said repeatedly, we are not seeking to gather men to ourselves. Okay, Christ is our example. Why would Christ pray for the leper and say, go show yourself to the priest, but don't tell anybody who did this? Why would he heal the blind man and say, go, don't tell anybody who did this? Was he trying to hide what was happening? No, no. He was not wanting men to start looking to his humanity. He wanted the focus and attention to be to the Lord God. And he knew if they went and told, he knew they would start focusing on the man. Christ Jesus, rather than the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. We see it with Paul, again, in the book of Acts, right? They go in, and miracles are done, and the people in the city say, these be great gods, Zeus, and somebody else has come down among us. And they're fleeing, and, and they come out there in the gate of the city, they're bringing palms or some type of branches, and they're going to sacrifice to them. Paul's like, stop! Not us. Don't do this thing. It's never about us. It's about him. Men will show appreciation and thanks when God uses you. Give him the glory and make sure your motive stays right. and Your spirit stays right. Then God can continue to use you and operate in the gifts through your life. The danger is... You and I can learn through experience and God using us to operate in gifts. I have watched people walk away from God that had such a keen sense of discernment that God gave them that even when they went away from God, that discernment still operated in their lives. But now they were operating in a spirit of heart of wickedness because it wasn't to glorify God anymore. And it's a subtlety of the adversary to try to get you and I to put confidence in our flesh. All right? Gifts of the Spirit. These are meant to operate through the body. They're meant to operate through you and through I. All of us will not operate in the same gift, but the gifts are available to all of us. 
I'll say that again. All of us may not operate in the same gift, but the gifts are available to all of us. The Lord chooses, not us. The Lord chooses. Now, everybody doing good? Good. We're shifting gears right now. We have entered into something of the Spirit that has been opened to us in men's prayer the last couple of weeks. Uh, I witness it clearly. I, at times, I may share some things. Oftentimes, I'll share things at the close of men's prayer where maybe it's been on my heart or the Lord will quicken to my heart while we're praying together. A few weeks ago, I shared in much shorter fashion some of these things about the gifts of the Spirit and the Lord using us in the gifts of the Spirit and them operating. And as we shared that, faith rose up in the room among the men that were here. There was a clear witness of faith. The gifts of the Spirit, we have made them ooh and ah, ooh and ah. You know, the Lord knows you. You believe that? He knows your frame. He knows my frame. He knows your thoughts. He knows my thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows my heart. He knows your motives. He knows my. He knows us. I'm so thankful for that. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. That means he can protect me from me. That's a good thing. Some people are like, oh, God knows me. Thank God he knows you. That means He can heal you. He can restore you. He can make you whole. He can give you what's needful for your life. He can protect you and I from ourselves so we glorify Him. So He knows us. And so He knows me. And because He knows me and He knows you, He will allow us to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. But if we keep our heart right and sincere before Him, He will find ways to operate the gifts of the Spirit through our life in a way that protects us from ourselves. I'm going to give you some examples as we wrap up here. Years ago, some of you have heard me share this story. Um, years ago, uh, my wife and I were teaching a, a couple that was a little bit older than us. At, at that time, they were probably about 15 to 20 years older than us, um, close to the ages we are now, slightly older. And this is a couple that had been in church years before, uh, but unfortunately had fallen away and had went uh, just, just some tragic, tragic things. Ended up in drugs and things, uh, moved to another location, uh, they got so deeply involved in drugs and things like that that their kids were also involved in selling them and just, just it was just, I mean, it was just crazy. And, uh, but through a series of circumstances, the Lord restored them. They came back, they repented, God filled them with the Holy Ghost, but, but then they had all these scars and shame and guilt and of years wasted in the life that their kids were involved in and all that stuff. And so, so my wife and I had the privilege for a season of this couple being in our home and us teaching them Bible studies week after week and, and walking through things in the Word and the Lord doing a tremendous work in their lives. And, and so as we're in this process, not a long ways in, the, the lady became sick. Uh, her, her liver stopped functioning, started shutting down. She, so she was no longer, uh, toxins were starting to get into her bloodstream and her body. And she literally... And I know some of you heard this story, but she literally began growing. Her body began swelling. And the doctors gave her two weeks or less. And so one Saturday night, as a pattern was at that time, one Saturday night we were at the church in Puyallup. And there might have been 20 of us there, maybe. 
It was an informal prayer meeting, sort of like we do for ladies' prayer, men's prayer, no big formal service, just come together and people find places. That's how it was. It was a, a Saturday night. We were there praying. I could take you to the spot. If this was the Puyallup building, I would have been right here on a pew about where Alejandro and Adrian are. I was kneeling right there at the end by the aisle in that pew praying, just minding my own business. Me and the Lord. Other people were praying where they were praying. And I'm praying there, and of course, this is fresh on my mind because this is very recent, and we don't know how much time we've got. And I was praying the way you may or may not pray. I was pleading with God. Oh, God, please heal me. God, touch her body. God, God, heal her livers. God, touch her body. You know, all those things. I was, and I'm, I mean, I'm begging and pleading God. And it, in hindsight, I feel like the Lord was like looking at me like, what in the world are you doing? Because the Lord spoke to me. If he's ever spoke to me, he spoke to me in that moment. And the Lord spoke to me and said, why don't you just ask me to give her a new liver? It was almost like he interrupted my prayer. I was, I was getting a good lather worked up, you know. I was, just tears were starting to come out. I was, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we get so vested in our own emotions. And so I'm kneeling right there, and and I'm telling you, I had this conversation with God. I said, okay, God, give her a new liver in Jesus' name. Just like that. And the Lord said, I will. Now you tell the people here what I just did. I'm like, hold on, Lord. (laughs) Yeah, you're, yeah, you you know, right? All of a sudden, it's like, I had faith then, but what? And so, uh, again, informal prayer meeting, we finish. And uh, Bishop came up and says, hey, you know, thanks for coming out tonight. Church tomorrow, whatever, yeah, 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 you know, in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I can't, you know, what am I going to do? Hey, I have something to share, you know. <laughs> right? Is this too real? I'm talking about the gifts of spirit in operation, right? Because like, oh, man, I felt lightning fall from heaven. And, oh, you know, we, we, what we do is we sensationalize. I'm being a little lighthearted, but we sensationalize the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. Do you, do you think Jesus, when Bartimaeus cried out, that he said, Come here, Bartimaeus! It's silly, isn't it? Now, I understand that emotion rises up at times when the power of... I'm not, I mean, we are emotional people. He made us that way. But sometimes... We, we put the operation of the gifts of spirit in this emotional category. It's not. It's a work of his spirit, not a work of our emotions. I'm not telling you you never fear, feel emotions, but if you follow your emotions, you could be deceived. You follow his voice. Okay? So I didn't feel anything that day. I was, I was working up my own feelings when God interrupted me. I said, why don't you just ask me to give her a new liver? And I said, okay, God, give her a new liver. Thank you. In Jesus' name. And he said, I will. Like I just told you. And so, so Bishop's, you know, doing that stuff. And I'm like, I got, I'm like, uh-uh. And it's like the Lord won't leave me. It's like it's pound, my chest is like pounding. And I remember that moment standing at that spot. Was I resisting the Holy Ghost? I don't know if that's what that was. I just, I couldn't bring myself to. You know, does that make sense? Is that okay? I'm just being real with you. I wasn't feeling lightning bolts. 
I didn't have this, I got a word from the Lord, Bishop, before we leave. There, there was none of that. He says, if you think, he says, you know what, before we go, Brother Hart, why don't you just come and, and pray or say something before we go? I literally, in my heart, I thought, you're not letting me out of this, are you? And I, I knew what I had to do. I, I knew what I had to do. And so I simply relayed what I just told you. I was praying God interrupted this. I relayed that. Her husband was there. Out of the 20 people there. He called her, told her, this is what just happened. I'm telling you, the next day she was whole. The next day, her liver started functioning. She wasn't there. We didn't lay hands on her. We didn't. What happened? The gift of healing came in operation because the spirit doesn't know distance. The next day, it was but a few weeks later, she was at the doctor. And the doctor was looking at her chart and he declared to her, something is wrong with your chart. Something's wrong here. Something. She's like, what do you mean? What do you, you know, she's getting concerned. Something's wrong here. Something's wrong here. Long story short. She had dealt with drugs. She had had hepatitis. Her and her brother had gotten it from these needles. The doctor began to tell, I don't know all the details, so I'm trying to be careful here, but I, I know enough of them to tell you the story. The doctor said, this can't be right. It's telling us stuff about hepatitis, but it doesn't match what your liver tells us. We have signatures on your liver and things that the liver tells us that this can't be true. Your record must be wrong. She said, no, it's true. I, well, she was telling, no, it's true. I did have hepatitis. This is what happened. This is what happened. Me and my brother, she was a little ashamed of that. And he said, well, no, it can't be true. And here's why. Because your liver, the signature, something other and all that. And she, she was quite excitable and she was crazy. We love her. When he said, your liver, she jumped off the bed and said, oh, or the table, whatever she was on. Oh, I got a new liver. And the doctor says, oh, well, that makes sense then. Because he thought she got a transplant. And she's like, it does? He goes, oh, yeah, you got a transplant. And that makes, she goes, no, I didn't get a God gave me a new liver. Now, did the doctor have to do that? Yes, he did. You know why the doctor had to do that? Because the Lord wanted us to know. When I told you to ask me to give her a new liver, I did not heal the one she had. I gave her a new one. I believe that with all of my heart because I witnessed it. And to the best of my knowledge, she's still living today. And that was 20 plus years ago. But God. Now, a few weeks ago, I'm trying to hurry. I feel faith rising in this room. I'm talking, now, I'm talking about the operation of spiritual gifts. What was my part in that? Obey God. Say what he gave me to say. I didn't go lay hands on her. I didn't call her and say, I got a word for you. <laughs> See, spiritual gifts operate through obedience to the Spirit. Obedience to the Spirit. A few weeks ago, September, my family and I were in Stahican. I shared this with some of you. We're there. Good spirit of worship in the service. They'd ask us to talk. Probably 70 people, maybe at the most in that room. That's all that could fit. It was packed. 50 to 70. 
And we're worshiping good presence of the Lord. And, and I, I felt healing come into the room. I, I can't explain that to you. I, I just, I, I felt like the Lord wants to heal people. I walked through what some of you have heard me talk about, the blood of Jesus Right, shed in the garden, shed at Gabbatha, the pavement where he was beaten, the blood of Jesus shed at Golgotha or Calvary, right? Healing for the mind, healing for the body, and healing for the soul and spirit. Shared that briefly at the outset. I said, I believe God's present to heal. If we'll just thank him and we're, you know, and then I'm like, okay, let's go on. The Lord had dealt with me about a direction in the word, and we went right in. I spent just a few minutes at that at the beginning and went into the word. Taught something totally different. Finished. So why don't we just begin to thank the Lord right now? If you're able. Says something like that. If you're able, would you just lift your hands and begin to worship God before we leave? And we did. Praise God. He had his way, I'm sure. We finished. But the John Wiltsey, who's the pastor there, a few years ago, he had fell, I think from a ladder. He does construction work at times. He had fell and he landed on his shoulder and he'd ripped something in there that uh, ripped or torn or out of, I don't know, all the, but something went wrong in his right shoulder. And he went through a lot of stuff before it finally got back functioning, working well. Well, I hadn't even, I got to tell you, sometimes I'm so focused that it's not good. And so like on a Sunday morning, sometimes you think, man, Elder just walked right past me and I said something. And I think he heard me, but I don't even know. I promise I wasn't ignoring you. I might have been focused on where maybe. So I was focused. And, and so Brother Wiltsey, I, I remember now he was going around that day shaking people's hand with his left hand. I thought, well, maybe his hand hurts or something. I didn't, didn't realize there was a reason he wasn't using his right hand. I, I, I was focused. I was whatever, you know, just feeling weird today. God told him to shake people's hand with his left hand. I don't know. Well, he told us after service. He said, Brother Hart, I rolled over in the middle of the night. I heard some sound or some noise. And he said, when I did, I, I, I jerked awake and turned. He said, when I did, whatever had happened to my shoulder a year, he said, it happened again in that moment. And he said, I couldn't. He said, I had to roll myself out of bed this morning to be here. And he said, my wife had to dress me today. I could not dress myself when I came to church. He said, but at the close, when you said, if you're able, would you lift your hands? He said, I didn't even think about my arm. I just, and he said, when my hands got up, I realized. Because he couldn't lift his hand. He couldn't lift his arm, that part. He said, I realized when I lifted my hand, God healed him in that moment. In that moment. I'm talking about the gifts of the Spirit and operation through the body of Christ. See, it's not about any one of us, but he'll use every one of us. And he's wanting to. But we got to speak and believe in the power of the Spirit of God. I'm in trouble here. The Lord's building faith. That's why I'm telling you these things. Two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago, when I shared these things about the gifts of the Spirit briefly in men's prayer, Brother Joel Garcia, he raised his hand. He said, Brother Hart, can I say something? I'm like, sure. He said, some of you know, and I'm very aware, he's walked me through the whole story. He's been dealing with this issue in his body for 23 years. 23 years. 1999, he was on a treasure hunting, true story, expedition in Central South America. 
and some spiritual things rose up. And he got out of there and his body has been afflicted ever since. And he gets these, this evidence all over his body and he has to go and get treated. They don't know what it is. They don't know what's going on. And every few weeks for years, he spent tons of money. I thought of the woman that spent all she had and was none the better. He went around the room yesterday. We felt, and so he said, I'd like you all to pray for me. I feel faith right now. This is what he said. Could we? The men prayed, and I'm telling you, faith was in the room, and we believe a miracle took place. He went around the room yesterday with his phone showing every man. He walked around to every man showing his phone. He showed a tray covered with needles, which was part of the treatment he received every time he went, all those needles. He said, usually comes back after I get a treatment, and then not long after it comes back. He said, it hasn't come back. He said, I believe. He said, I don't know why God's waited this long. I said, I do. For the glory of God. For the glory of God. It's an evidence to us. It's an expression to us. It's revelation to us. It's so we see and know God has done this work in his body. He told me yesterday, God is so good. Tears running out his face standing here. God is so good. The men that were here can attest to it as he walked around with his phone. God's a healer. Would you stand with me this morning? Now, healing and miracles is just one, two of the gifts of the Spirit. I'm giving you those examples, not just so you hear how the gifts of the Spirit are in operation and have faith for them, but also so you're recognized. Do you see how different every one of those situations was where God touched a life? One, the person wasn't present. One, I was unaware of what the situation was, but God. Another one, the person spoke up in faith and said, I have this need and I have faith for it right now. And brethren agreed together and the gift of the Spirit was operation. I believe the Lord waited 23 years to do that in Brother Joel's life to profit with all. To profit with all. To profit with all. It's been maybe close to a year now. Is that right, Sister Sally? I didn't ask you before church. Since the Lord touched you and healed you. Many of you may or may not know. Is this okay if I share this? She said yes. <laughs> it's for the glory of God. Sister Sally dealt with celiac disease and diabetes. She couldn't eat half the stuff that's good. Most of the stuff that's good. Any of the stuff that was good as far as I'm concerned. She would manage her diet. She was careful around all that stuff. One Sunday in a service, I don't remember what the Lord spoke to us about. I don't remember. As you often do, people were praying in the altar. There was no flash of light from heaven. There was no nothing, just praying with people. And Sister Sally was prayed for. And the Lord spoke to celiac and diabetes in her body. She even asked, what prompted that? Who knows? The Lord did. I, I'm sure we know he did. She was a little afraid to test it out until the word of the Lord came to her a month or a few weeks later and said, God's healed you. So the only way to test it is the way we love testing things. Eat. 
And she went to the doctor a few weeks ago, something like that. And they asked her about it. She goes, oh, no, no, I don't, I don't have that anymore. And they're like, oh, you're managing it well. No, I'm not managing it. God has healed her body. Is that a true statement, Sister Sally? God has healed her body. Gifts of the Spirit and operation in the body. I'm sharing it today because it's to profit with all. God plans and desires for these things to operate through us. Not only in the church, we have to have a boldness and a confidence in His Spirit in us for it to operate in our workplace. Why? To profit with all. There are those that are hungry. And you look, many, many times throughout the book of Acts, miracles were done, and the purpose of the miracle was to open a heart to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. This man's made whole, not by men, but by the name and the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, and they begin to glorify Him. Right now, across this room, would you begin to lift your hands to the Lord? And if you'll receive this word today, and you'll yield yourself to operate in it as He chooses, would you begin to express that to Him, that, Lord, here I am. You can use me. You can use me. I'm available to you. You can use me. I'm available to you. It's you that does the work, not me. My confidence isn't in myself, Lord. It's in you. And I believe your spirit's wanting to operate through the gifts to minister to lives that they would be reconciled to you. This is the work of your spirit, Lord. We make ourselves available. I pray check our motive, check our heart. We submit it to you. If there's any wicked way in me, Lord, cleanse me that it not be a hindrance to the flow and the operation of your spirit. But I pray that lives would be transformed by the power of your spirit operating through us. Go and talk to him there. If you need a touch in your body, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. If you need the Lord to do something, I, I believe we have to give opportunity here today for the Lord to do that work. As you're worshiping right there where you are and talking to him. If you need a touch, I'm asking you to step.